بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ چنائی از دا سکست آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی فور الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu. So the next section entitled, His Immense Knowledge of the Fitna. <coughs> so as shown, our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had thus fully prepared Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu and shown him the delicate path that he was to tread during those troubled times. Indeed, thus I assure, he also guided those with clear minds and pure hearts and averted them from any harm to their deen and selves. So, you now understand that he was protected by the Prophet ﷺ. He protected him from fitna. But he was also guiding others to protect them from the fitna. So, there's a famous report in Sayyid Bukhari. Number 120 in the chapter on knowledge, Mishkat number 271. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu, he famously said, Hafizdu an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa'a'in. I have memorized two kinds of knowledge from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fa'amma ahaduhuma fa'bathathdu. I have thus propagated one of them to you. وَأَمَّا الْآخَرُ فَلَوْ بَثَثْتُهُ قُطِعَ هَذَا الْبَلْعُومِ And if I propagate the second, then my pharynx, my throat will be cut. I, I will be killed. So this is a very famous report from Abu Huraira. So the first thing to point out is, it's not a hadith. Abu Huraira is not mentioning this from the Prophet He's talking about himself. He goes, I've memorized two kinds of knowledge from Rasulullah. A'i wa'a'in. That's what's interesting. He separated. He goes, I've memorized two vessels of knowledge. I have shared one of them with you. If I share the second, my throat will be cut. <laughs> so now, what was he talking about there? In a slightly different wording. Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, I had in my keeping three loads. I have distributed only two of them. This is in Ahmad in his Muslim. So note, he's clearly highlighting there's some knowledge I haven't shared with you. And the reason I am not sharing it with you is my life is in danger if I share it. So what was that knowledge that he didn't share? So Hafiz ibn Hajjal Asqalani he said in Fattul Bari the scholars rahimahumullah understand the sack of knowledge which he did not spread to be the ahadith which gave the names of the evil rulers and their conditions and their times. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu used to allude to some of that but not stated clearly out of fear of them for himself. <laughs> so Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani explained 
is what was that knowledge he didn't share? He goes, it's to do with some of the evil rulers. He knew them. The Prophet told them the names. So what he would do was, he wouldn't mention their names. He'd just make a mention of it like indirectly. So even though the Prophet told him the name, told him the date, he would just say, foolish youngsters from the Quraysh. <laughs> like I mentioned a few sessions back, who were these foolish youngsters? And he would say, Fulani, Fulan, so and so and so and so. Or who's so and so and so and so? He goes, I can't mention that. If I do, he goes, my life will end. Similarly, Abu Huraira, he said, Nas, Nas, people have left and Nas Nas have remained. Somebody asked, what is Nas Nas? Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira said, those who resemble Nas, but are in reality not Nas. This is in Behaki in his Zuhd al-Kabir, number 963. So this is explaining. Abu Huraira said, people have left Nas. The last surah of the Quran, surah Nas. Qul a'udhu birabbil Nas. Mankind. He goes, they've gone. Man, man has gone. Human beings have gone. Now, nasnas are left. Nasnas. So even though they were Arabs, look how interesting. They didn't know what that meant. He goes, nasnas, well, what does that mean? He goes, they look like men, but they're not. So what was the great Abu Huraira telling us? You're, you've got troubles lying ahead because there's going to be people, you're, you think they're men, but then when you actually go into it, you realize these are devilish people. Right? And that was in Abu Huraira's end time. Imagine. Forget about that. The floodgates are opened. So, he was warning, but without mentioning names. So, why is this interesting? Because when you think of the one who knew the fitna, you, you think of Hudayfa. Hudayfa is the keeper of secrets. Right? The Prophet gave him knowledge of the Munafiks by name. And Umar radiyallahu, he would, you know, he wanted to know. So he asked him once he goes, Hudayfa, just between me and you, am I Munafik? So Hudayfa radiyallahu said, I can't tell you, Amir al-Mu'mineen. And he goes, oh, then Umar goes, what do you mean? Oh, I'm not Munafik. And he goes, please tell me, please. And after begging him, Hudayfa finally goes, you're not Munafik. But please don't ask me about anybody else. So now why is that a shocking report? If I had the CV of Umar, I'm not going to be asking Hudayfa whether I'm Munafik. I'm going to ask him what level of paradise do you think I'm going to be going into? This is the Sahaba. So then, Umar, that was the first thing he did. The second thing he would do, Umar radiallahu, this is in Bazaar, he would always ask when there's a funeral prayer, has Hudayfa attended? And when Hudayfa had attended, Umar would attend. But when he noticed Odeifa hadn't attended, he goes, sorry. <laughs> so Umar would work out who the hypocrites were through Hudayfa. Hudayfa was the keeper of secrets. But he wasn't the only one who was given knowledge. Maybe not to his level. Another was Abu Huraira. <laughs> now what's interesting, Abu Huraira lived into that time. So it makes sense that Rasulullah would tell him. Because he's going to be in the city of his own city. He's going to be guiding Marwan, Rahmatullah and all the other people, protecting the, the people from drawing swords. <coughs> it doesn't even make sense that Rasulullah would tell him.
that Allah alayhi sallam, but note, he didn't mention their names. And when people pushed him, he, do, he wouldn't mention it, he goes, youngsters, foolish youngsters. But he knew. In fact, one of the scholars, he mentioned, and I have no idea, don't ask me where he got this from. He goes, Abu Huraira even knew about Hitler. Hitler. And one of the shayukh mentioned it. When I made investigations, I have no idea where he got that from. He goes, he even knew Hitler was going to come. And the wording he said in the hadith is Hitler. <laughs> so imagine, no, so don't ask me, the sh- one of the shayukh mentioned it. The fact that he's mentioned that name. And everybody knows about Hitler. <laughs> Why? Because the Prophet, what did Abu Hurairah, he goes, he had knowledge of those who were the, you know, the ones who would cause corruption in the land. He knew. Another priceless honor for Sayyidina Abu Huraira was that a few of our beloved mothers had willed that no other than his blessed self should lead their funeral prayers. So now, who are our mothers? Our mothers are those who married the Prophet Most of them, think about this, most of them passed away in Muawiyah's Khalifah so who was alive? Abu Huraira now think about that many of our mothers they willed it because we want Abu Huraira to lead our funeral prayer so for instance in Bukhari in his Tariq al-Saghir page 52 Hakim in his Mustadrak volume 4 page 6 stated Sahih when Sayyida Aisha and Sayyida Hafsa radiyallahu anhu passed away, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu led their funeral prayers. And Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu was amongst the attendees. So who are two of the most famous mothers? Aisha and Hafsa. One is Abu Bakr's daughter, one is Umar's daughter. They both, their funerals were both led by Abu Huraira. Now what's strange? Who was Hafsa's brother? Abdullah ibn Umar. The report says he wasn't leading the prayer. So think about that. Wasn't he a great sahab? Abdullah ibn Umar. Of course he was. You know, he was, you know, he had nothing to do with the world. He was Umar's son. Great companion. And yet, who led his funeral prayer? Sorry, who led her, uh, this, his, his sister's funeral prayer? You'd expect him. Abu Huraira. So even from that, what do we learn? How much love the mothers had for him? Because we want him to lead our prayers. Another report, who else? Nafi Rahmatullah said, we offered the funeral prayer over Sayyida Aisha and Sayyida Um Salama. Sayyida Aisha in the middle of Al-Baqi. The Imam was Sayyidina Abu Huraira. And Abdullah ibn Umar was also present. This is recorded in Abdul Razak in his Musannaf 1-407 and Shaykh al-Bani Ahmadullah stated Sahih in his Tahzeer al-Sajid page 128. So another mother is mentioned, Um Salama. Um Salama radiyallahu passed away four years after Aisha. According to this authentic report, Abu Huraira led her prayer as well. But what's interesting, their funeral prayer was offered in the graveyard, in the middle of Jannat al-Baqi. So the scholars, they state, this proves you can do the funeral prayer in the graveyard. Some people say, Astaghfirullah, brother, there's no prayers in the graveyard. And you respond by saying, you're right. You don't offer the 
prayer in which you prostrate. There's no zohar in the graveyard, asr for instance, no nafl prayers. But the janaza prayer does not have a prostration. So if you offer the janaza prayer, there's no way anybody would think you are prostrating to a grave because you're not. But we don't need logic. Abu Huraira led the janaza prayer of two of our mothers in the middle of the graveyard. So that to me, class, you know, we follow Abu Huraira. Right? And one of the other companions aware of this. So why is this very important? Because when you miss the funeral prayer, some people, they come out of town and they not only miss the funeral prayer, they, they miss the janaz, they miss the, the burial. And they get very upset. Oh, I missed everything. No worry. Go to the grave. Take the people who come with you. Offer the janaza prayer. And look how strange that sounds. A person says, what do you want about you? First of all, go to the grave. He goes, what? What's up, brother? He goes, Astaghfirullah, brother. You're not supposed to pray in graveyards. And then he goes, there you go. Which shariat is that? He goes, Abu Huraira prayed in the middle of the graveyard for two of our mothers. Sahab were praying behind him. None of them thought there was anything wrong with it. Right? So even if there's nobody, let's say you go by yourself, offer the funeral prayer. Face the Qibla, say, Yunaza. Now, what if you missed the funeral prayer? Can you offer another funeral prayer? The answer is yes, because you intended to, but you want to, it's like a way of, you know, showing your last respect. No, what better way to show your last respect to the deceased by offering a prayer, making the offering. Mm -hmm. So again, no problem. Look how beautiful that is. We even learned that from Abu Hurairah. Indeed, most, if not all of our mothers, passed away in Muawiyah's Khalifat. In Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat, Sayyidah Hafsa radiyallahu passed away in the month of Sha'aban in 45 AH during the Khalifat of Muawiyah. So let's put this in perspective. In which year after the Hijrah did Muawiyah become the Khalif? So when did the Khalaf al-Rashidin end? 30 AH. 40 AH. Mm-hmm. Rasulullah passed away. Mm-hmm. 11 AH. Mm-hmm. So 40 AH. Mm-hmm. Hazrat Muawiyah became the Khalif radiallahu 40 AH. 45 AH. Hafsa passed away. Radiallahu. So we know exactly that was five years after Muawiyah became the Khalif. So we got Hafsa during Muawiyah's Khalifat. Who led her funeral prayer? Abu Huraira. Radiallahu. In Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat 8-82, Hafiz Zahabi in his Siyah 2-292, 2-229, it is mentioned. Marwan, Rahmatullah who was the governor of Al-Madinah, led her funeral prayer and carried her beer for some distance. Thereafter, Abu Huraira conducted her beer to the graveyard. Her brother Abdullah ibn Umar and his sons Asim, Salim and Hamza, Rahimahumullah, lowered her body into the grave. So let's look at this. So who was the governor of Al-Madina when Hafsa passed away, Radiyallahu Marwan, Rahmatullah So here it mentions he led her funeral prayer. So there seems to be a contradiction. The Sahih Hadith in Hakim says Abu Huraira led the funeral prayer of Hafsa. This report in Ibn Sa'ad says Marwan led her funeral prayer. So the response is there may have been some confusion by a narrator. Why? Because this report says Abu Huraira conducted her beer to the graveyard. So he was in charge of taking her grave, her blessed body to the graveyard. So maybe a narrator got confused. 
He thought Abu Huraira led the funeral prayer. Whatever the case, he was there. And then who lowered Hafsa into the grave? Her brother, Abdullah ibn Umar. And Abdullah ibn Umar's sons, Asim, Salim and Hamza. So three of her kind of nephews also lowered her. Give the honor to lower Hafsa into the grave. Who else passed away in Muawiyah's Khalifat? Hafiz ibn Kathir and Al-Bidayah mentioned the other beloved mothers who passed away. Sayyida Um Habiba, she passed away 44 AH. Sayyida Jawairiya, passed away 50 AH. Sayyida Maimuna, passed away 51 AH. Sayyida Sauda, passed away 54 AH. And Sayyida Aisha, passed away 58 AH. So all of these five blessed mothers of the believers passed away in Muawiyah's Khalifat. So Muawiyah saw all of the mothers pass. The only one who lived on into Yazid's Khalifat, there was only one mother, Um Salama. Imam Suyuti adds in his Tariq al-Khulafa that Safiya passed away in 50 AH, i.e. halfway through Muawiyah's Khalifat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with all our beloved mothers and forgive us all for their honorable sake. So now why is this interesting? All the mothers passed away except one, Um Salama. Why is that amazing that she lived on into Yazid's Khalifat? Can you think of any, any uh, wisdom? Yeah, it was similar to do with that, an item. That's right. Which soil? The soil of Karbala. Karbala. Right, so this is a miracle of the Prophet. So, in a nutshell, putting it very simply, Rasulullah, this is going back 50 years. So, Rasulullah, he's, he's been given the good news of his grandson Hussein being born. So, Hussein, I believe, at the time was maybe about one year old, very tender age. And the Prophet was showing great love to him. But then Jibreel comes. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. And he's brought a small kind of a container with some soil in it. So the Prophet asks him, Oh Jibreel, what is this? So Jibreel says, This is the soil where your grandson will be martyred. This is from Karbala. The Prophet was then, then told, Um Salama, when you see this turn red, then know that my grandson has been martyred. Who did Rasulullah give that soil to? Um Salama. Look at that for a sign. So if, think about this, he gave it to Lasavalo. Just pick a mother of the believer. He gave it to Aisha. She passed away before Hussein. Pick another mother of the believers. Hafsa, she passed away before Hussein. How did the Prophet know? It's you. He gave it to Um Salama. And Um Salama, she kept, she was so fearful of that container. She was thinking, oh no, I don't want to see it. And then what happened? All of a sudden, on the 10th of Muharram, it turned red. And then she grieved. She goes, they've killed him, they've killed him. The people thought, you know, they came with his mother, who's been killed? So she goes, Hussein, radiyallahu. So he goes, how do you know who's, who's told you? And she goes, and she mentioned the, you know, he goes, this container. 
News came days later. And it was exactly the same day. So now, look how amazing. She had to live into Yazid's Khalifat. But now, if you were listening very carefully, what does the Sayyid Hadid say? Nafi said, we offered the funeral prayer for Aisha and Um Salama in the middle of Jannat al-Baqi. Hang on a minute. Abu Huraira didn't live into Yazid's Khalifat. So how did he offer the funeral prayer of Um Salama? Have you understood? So the response here is again, these are not hadiths. Hadiths go back to the Prophet. The Prophet is protected from error. So this is definitely Nafi's hadith. But anybody who's not a prophet, they can make mistakes. So what happened here is he made an innocent mistake. He mentioned Um Salama, Abu Huraira, but obviously it can't have been Abu Huraira because he's already passed away. Whatever the case, she lived on into uh, Hussein's Khalifa. And now what's shocking, just to add this, is very interesting. Um Salama wasn't young. So even if you had a choice, you got all these blessed mothers of the believers, you give it to the youngest. Who was the youngest? Aisha. The Prophet goes, no. He goes to an Um Salama at the time she had children from a previous marriage. She was, you know, middle-aged. The Prophet gave her. So this is a sign of the boon. Like I've said again and again, never once did he make a mistake. Think about that. You know, if they say he's an imposter, he just, you say, look, you know, I'm being funny, but you get impressed with Nostradamus and this guy and that guy, and half of their predictions were wrong. <laughs> Even if they made one mistake, they made a mistake. How can you compare those to the one who never made a mistake? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So not, it's Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And look how beautiful it was. He even knew about Hussein. Now think about it. What if Hussein didn't get martyred? The, the whole hadith becomes a laughing stock. What's this soyuk? He died in Medina. What's this? He didn't get martyred. Um Salama died before. Why is he giving it to her? Nobody provoked the Prophet, tell us, tell us, tell us. You know, pushed him into a corner. He just said it from me. He might just, one day he just said it. So this shows he's a Rasulullah. Because why the imposters only talk when you provoke them? Tell us what will happen, tell us. And they'll try to get out of here. Eventually they'll come out with something. Oh, yeah, there'll be great plagues. There'll be great plagues. Oh, yeah, plagues every other year. <laughs> right? right? Give me something specific. Right? And they'll say, oh, you don't believe in this. And you're a liar. Takhwarullah. <laughs> Nobody asked the Prophet, he said it. So not Abu Huraira also had that honor. This is a very important point. He had the honor of burying the mothers of the believers, either doing their janazah, taking them to the graveyard, or conducting. And that was an honor. And just to add, to wrap this up, why did all the mothers pass away? The response is, Allah was protecting them from the great fitna of Hussein's martyrdom. Why? Because he then sent an army. Yazid then sent an army to Medina. Right? And there was destruction in Medina. So, we'll get simply, why did Yazid send an army? Yazid becomes the Khalif. In the first year of his Khilafat, Imam Hussein is martyred at Karbala with his family. So, all hell breaks loose. The Sahaba who had remained neutral, some of them got involved. He goes, I'm the Khalif. Right? So Abdullah ibn Zubair, he goes, take my pledge. So all of <laughs> overnight, most of the Muslim world pledged to Abdullah ibn Zubair. Abdullah ibn Umar said, don't do it. Because you'll cause bloodshed. And he goes, 
Hussein's been killed. <laughs> he goes, how can we remain silent now? So Ibn Omar goes to his own family, anybody who breaks his pledge with Yazid, I've got nothing to do with him. He kept away from him. So then Yazid hears about the rebellion of Abdullah ibn Zubair, when he hears about the rebellion, he goes, what shall I do? What shall I do? Because you're going to have to send a force to deal with him. So he sends a force and this force were mainly Christians. Why? Because which Muslim in his right mind, the Khalif tells you to go on a jihad, no problem, I'll go on jihad. Where, where's the jihad? Medina. To do what? Kill the rebels. Most Muslims go, see you later, mate. We're not going nowhere. So Yazid had to send an army. So who is it? Mainly Christians. If the mothers of the believers were alive in Al-Madinah, see, this is the cousin of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala took them all. Why? Because he's protecting the Prophet's wives. The only one who was alive was Um Salama. But she passed away very shortly after Hussein's martyrdom. So every one of our mothers was protected from the fitna. And what did I mention when I was going through Abu Huraira's son-in-law? Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib. He was there when they came and he stayed in the masjid. He wasn't bothered. Everybody else, you know, fled or were killed. When the soldiers came in, to the Masjid al-Nabi, they only saw him there. He's always that old man, that fool. <laughs> now you understand the context. Sayyid goes, I'm not going anywhere. And then he goes, I knew what time the prayer was when I heard the azan coming from the grave of Rasulullah. <laughs> That's how bad the fitna was. After Medina was ransacked, then Yazid sent a force to Makkah where Abdullah ibn Zubair was. So imagine, this is what's happening. The fitna is now well and truly blown up. And then, Hajjaj comes onto the stage. He's all deal with Abdullah ibn Zubair. And he set catapults up around Al-Makkah. And there was a besiegement taking place on the holy city, which ultimately led to Abdullah ibn Zubair's martyrdom. When he was martyred, the Khalifat went back to the Umayyads. And who was the Khalif? Abdul Malik ibn Marwan. Not Marwan. Marwan had passed away. His son became the Khalif. Abdul Malik ibn Marwan. So why have I mentioned this very briefly? It's to let you know Allah Ta'ala protected all our mothers from this. So don't start thinking, why did they all start dying in Muawiyah's Khalifat? There was great wisdom and love from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So all I mentioned today was basically two things. The first was the immense knowledge of the fitna of Abu Huraira. That hadith, how many people have quoted it and they give their own twist to it. So you ask, uh, brother, there's a hadith of Abu Huraira. He had two knowledge, two knowledges. And he kept one hidden. What was that? And then you get people saying this. I don't know where they're getting it from. Oh, this is the spiritual knowledge. Deep spiritual knowledge, right? And then you go, okay. Why wouldn't he share that? Because they'll kill him. Why would you kill somebody for spiritual knowledge? Because you won't understand it. So you go, okay, no problem. Who said that? I mean, some chip shop guy said that. Imagine it, right? <laughs> right? The response is, Ibn Hajar Askalani said, it's to do with the names of the evil rulers, their conditions, their times. So look how easily you can twist hadiths. I've heard, you know, some Sufi brothers quote this report, because that was the knowledge of the heart. Was it? <laughs> right? So again, don't start twisting report. You're quoting correctly, but that, who, who said that? And then you go to the authorities and you think, who? You know, I don't, where you got that from? And it's all to do with perverted Islam. You know, the time they like come out with their own versions of Islam, looking at authentic reports, giving it a twist. So again, be careful of that. 
And the second thing I mentioned was, of course, the passing away of our beloved mothers and Abu Huraira being honored above others. Are there any questions you'd like to ask?